Hello and welcome back to the Ark of E podcast. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers back with you to deliver our second annual uh, Oscar wrap-up. It's mm-hmm. going to be fun. We'll find out who won. And then uh, I, I think we got to talk about a, a little a little HBO Max Warner Brothers venture. I think colloquially known as Mortal Kombat. Oh, sorry. I tried not to uh, blow out the mic on that one. But just so you know, I do a perfect uh, replication of the original uh, 1995, four, four, five, four. Yeah. Uh, four. I thought it was 95 for some reason. Anyways. Are we talking like a movie or game? Because the game is definitely earlier. But that. That's a soundtrack thing, though, right? Where they samp they sampled the video game essentially, but that's the first right. time that theme ever existed. That theme didn't exist in the video game. No, it existed on the world tour because there was like a a live world tour in the '90s where basically the equivalent of like EDM or house DJs now would go around to different arenas and the Mortal Kombat contestants would come out on stage and fight to their songs i had the mortal kombat the album which had every single combatants theme song that had nothing to do with the game it was just made up for this quote-unquote war tour like the, the ninja turtles had the same thing back in the day too so i do remember that soundtrack yeah i can see the the jewel case in my head right now um mm-hmm. i don't know where your where your energy is is at whether you want to go oscars first or whether you want to jump into talking about old uh old mortal combat i know oscars is maybe a little bit more of a raw uh subject yes. for you uh-huh. so you know maybe we do that first and we just we, we run down who won and give our thoughts and then we can we can give a little review to mortal combat 2021 yeah, I would like that because if I end on the Oscars, it's going to be a bad time and a half. I'd like to. End yeah, the- it might be a, an ending on par with uh, Sunday night. So, yeah, let's not yeah. do that. Let's start with the Oscars. You got the uh, the paperwork in front of you, as it were? I do. I do, sir. Okay. So you got the categories. Do I even need to? I, well, I guess I need to tell you who won, huh? Did you watch? Yeah, watch- no. You didn't watch it all? Nope. Not a Not a drop, as they say? Not in the slightest. Okay, so you didn't even experience what you were so upset about. Um, no, and I'm glad it hasn't happened. Okay, I was catching up on Invincible. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I think I'm two behind right now, but yeah, I caught those two that you've missed. That show's very good. Stars multiple, weird, bro. multiple Oscar winners and nominees. Yes, possibly the best voice cast ever assembled. You could say. I think these last two have the uh, guy from Rick and Morty in it. At least it sounds like him. Justin Roiland. Yeah. He he is in the show. That is true. Um, let's get to those winners. All righty. So uh, I think we can stick with the same order that we had them in before. Looks like that is in place. So this is not how they were given out on the night, but we'll get into all of those details. So I, just from the top, uh, you said you didn't watch it all. I told you they were produced slash directed essentially by Mr. Uh, Steven Soderbergh. Yes. A favorite of mine. 
personally, as, as a guy who watches this like every year and has pretty much since I pretty much remember watching every Oscars, I want to say from like Titanic forward sounds about right. I feel like that was Mm -hmm. the first year I was like really tapped into it. And then it was just, it was an event every year. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's one of the better broadcasts in recent memory. And you could put a giant asterisk next to that. It's like, well, given the circumstances, but I'm like, but given the circumstances, it actually freed them up to like do kind of a different take on the award show, a, a little bit of a different vibe. And so the whole mm-hmm. thing was, it was more directed, more filmic. It was shot in widescreen, uh, like film grade cameras. And it was pretty amazing. It opened with like Regina King walking into the hall. And then literally you like kind of realize it's live, but the whole like walk in totally was like, oh, is she the star of the new Ocean's Eleven or, you know, Logan Lucky, mm-hmm. essentially. And yeah. she gets in there and she delivers like the opening segment, kind of explains what's going on, how they're going to rotate people in and out, why they're maskless, how they're able to be maskless, etc. There were some people who were basically on satellite, like, you know, they were in set locations across the globe for some of the, you know, the other crew members and stuff like that. But they had mm-hmm. like a decent amount of people in there. I think it was like 200 people or something, but it was a different vibe and like more of a lounge vibe, low light levels. It basically looked like an oceans movie, um, mm. essentially. So just from an aesthetic standpoint, the other thing they did, uh, it, it worked for the most part, but they, instead of like, okay, we're just going to show you a clip montage for every single category. They, for some of them were like, we're just going to tell you about these nominees, either actors or like technical people, whatever. We're going to give you like a little tidbit about them or we asked them a question about movies essentially. So a little bit more of a personal vibe and that, that worked. And they also did not play anybody off. So that was a good thing in some aspects and a bad thing in some other aspects. Cause some people did ramble on in the typical I'm listing a hundred names, none of which have any relevance to anybody outside of this room, but I have to do it because that's what's expected in these mm-hmm. scenarios. But then you also, that gave room for like some people to absolutely kill it with like more elongated speeches. Uh, and then you have like Frances McDormand who spoke for like 15 seconds when she won for best actress. Cause I think even she was kind of like, really, did I need three? Did I need three? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's jump into the categories. Uh, we can offer some commentaries. We go along. I think we both picked this one and it, we nailed it. Uh, best international feature went to another round. So I think that is yes. one for each of us mm-hmm. as live action, short film went with two distant strangers. What did you go with the present? Well, sorry to you. Two distant strangers. Yep. One uh, big win for, for Netflix. Okay, uh, we're on to animated is, short film. Sorry. I think this is pretty much where you take these little tiny ones, I think, is where you take over. And um, But you made some different predictions in some of the other categories that may help you out. I can't remember. I definitely yeah. messed up quite a bit. Okay, animated short film. If anything happens, I love you. I believe that was my pick. Yep. And that is the winner. Uh, what did you have in that one? Or... or I can't read my own handwriting. Oh, Opera. 
Opera. That's what it is. Yeah, you picked <laughs> opera, which um, by all accounts, what I've heard is that opera is actually like the mini masterpiece and should have won in that category. So you, you know, unfortunately, you made like the, the critics pick essentially, but you didn't get it. Okay, anime I'm the feature Google win. review to the to the rest of everyone else's you know critics pick. I got you. There you go. I'm uh, really know to watch. I got it. <laughs> uh, animated feature went to Soul. No surprise there. I think we both had that picked. We did. We did uh, documentary short subject. I think we both got this wrong. It went to Colette. Mm-hmm. And I think I picked uh, Love Song for Latasha, and you had Hunger Ward. Is that right? I did. So mm-hmm. we were both wrong on that one. Uh, yeah. Nobody told me Colette was a, uh, was Holocaust adjacent. So oh, oh. Uh, if I had known that, that probably would have been my pick. I thought they were doing it about Tony Colette. A little early for that. But, you know. You never know. Okay. Uh, best documentary feature. And again, this is one I was happy to be wrong about. Because this was my pick that I wanted to win, but I think I actually I said it was going to be time, and it's actually my octopus teacher. Yep. What did you have in that one? Crip camp. Okay. Both wrong. Dead wrong. Yep. Okay. Uh, visual effects. I had tenant. That's a win for me. Sorry. It went yeah, to tenant. Had, yeah, it's a win for both of us. I'm, I'm tr- trusting you on this end. I did listen back to our episode. I, I'm just, I'm just messing with you, brother. Okay, he's showing Peanut up. Is for, there twice? That's a visual, See? visual confirmation. Yeah, <laughs> this is visual yeah. confirmation. We have visual confirmation. <laughs> Achievement in music written for uh, this original song. Excuse me. Uh, it yep. went to Judas and the Black Messiah, which I was happy to see, but not my pick. Uh, I believe I had Speak Now because I was going with the mm-hmm. Leslie Odom Jr. energy, but. Uh, in the montage they played, I was like, I definitely didn't sit through the credits of Judas and the Black Messiah because as soon as it was over, I was just like, okay, I got to get this off my screen. This is like, too, this is too raw right now. So I definitely did mm-hmm. not hear this song, which plays over the credits, but I was like, oh, that's actually like, it's pretty catchy. Oh, and what was it? Good tune. Uh, Fight for You by Her, oh. H-E-R, okay. all, all caps with, uh, yeah. What did you have in that one? You Oh, you went with Husevic, of course. Yes. Okay. Again, we were both wrong. Achievement in this is original score. Excuse me. Uh, I think we both nailed this. Soul, Trent Reznor, oh, Atticus have, Ross, and John Baptiste. What'd I you pick? The five Bloods. I picked the Five Bloods. Oh yeah, because of our our cousin Terrence Blanchard, mm-hmm. of course. Yep. Uh, achievement in makeup and hairstyling. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yep. So check. Hell yeah. Check. Best sound, sound of metal. Yes. So this is notable. They had Riz Ahmed present this category. And so, of course, mm-hmm. you're sitting there going like, okay, well, if sound of metal doesn't win, this is going to be awkward as hell, right? And then it wins. Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay, do they, you know, they're making assumptions because supposedly nobody knows who's going to win except for the right. lawyers at Price Waterhouse or whatever, the secure envelope. Or Lawrence of London or whoever, yeah. All of that shit. Yeah. Okay. Just keep that in mind because I don't know if you've heard the narrative of like how the evening went because they kind of reshuffled things a bit. 
usually they open with best supporting actor. They do like a big award right off the bat. They open mm-hmm. with two screenplay Oscars back to back. And then I think they did international feature right after that. And then they got to supporting. But uh, anyways, we'll continue through in the way that we had them listed just because it's more convenient for you. Um, moving on from best sound, uh, best achievement in costume design. It went to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom which I was happy to see, but I know I picked Emma here because I thought they were going to spread the wealth even further than they actually did because a lot of movies got, got love last night. But yeah, so no, mm-hmm. Ma, Rainey, Ma Rainey took this one as well. So it was mm-hmm. a double win in the two technicals. What'd you have there? I had Ma Rainey's Black Bottom for that end. Uh, yep. Well, there you go. Like so that's one that Gavin has. I, I don't know if that ties us up or... No, no, it certainly doesn't. <laughs> Okay. Two. Uh, production design went to Mank. Yep. Shockingly. I mean, come on, dude. It's Fincher. It's a Hollywood movie about Hollywood. Why would I it know? Happen? But I just assumed. I assumed it was going to be that movie this year that just got well, absolutely nothing. Well, we know what happens when people assume. We can get to that in the at the end here. Yes, we. Yeah, let's save that by all means. Uh, Okay. Production design. What did you have in there, bud? Remind the listeners. Oh, I had make for production design as well. Well, all right then. You're still not pulling ahead? No, not yet. Uh, There may be some sleepers here towards the end, but right now I'm still one behind. Okay. Film editing. I definitely got this wrong as well. Film editing went to Sound of Metal. Which was awesome. I think I said last episode, Sound of Metal is going to win one Oscar and one Oscar only, and it actually pulled off two. Yeah, I was surprised for the two because this was the other only toy. Well, I picked him for like my backup best actor, but I had it for the achievement in editing and then sound was the only two things I thought if it didn't go to best actor. Because again, I'm assuming who we all thought was going to win best actor. So I was like, yeah, those are the only other two I, I could I could say for it. So now essentially I'm just one behind. Um, and I think it, what did I have? Nomadland in that category? Yes. Because again, mm-hmm. I was expecting a bit of a sweep. So when when some of these other movies started winning in these, I was like, okay, well maybe maybe Nomadland is not like a lock for Best Picture. Maybe something else is in play, but you know, wishful thinking, perhaps. Uh, achievement in cinematography also went to Mank. And we both had No Man's Land. Yeah. <laughs> Mank, we were way off. <laughs> uh, adapted screenplay went to The Father. I think I floated this one, but what did I actually put down? You had No Man's Land. Damn it. So stupid. Um, I have Borat, so don't feel bad. I think the father was my, hey, it might be this, and I should have gone with it. But yeah, the father won for adapted screenplay. Again, this was my biggest gripe of this. And again, I haven't seen the father. I've actually heard it described recently. And I was like, okay, I'm probably going to love this. But um, it sounds like it's a very Charlie Kaufman-esque movie. Um, in mm-hmm. some of the like stylistic choices, essentially, and the storytelling 
choices. I don't want to spoil anything. I've again, I've tried to keep myself vague on it as well. But it's uh, the more I hear about it, I'm kind of like, okay, well, maybe that's why I'm thinking of ending things got like no love whatsoever because they were like, no, this movie, this is that that vibe for us. I don't know. But anyway, so the father won here. Uh, original screenplay. I think I got this. Promising young woman. What do you go to again? Uh, we are on an original screenplay now, and I think I got yeah. this one. Promising young woman. Yes, it did good. Promising young woman. And what did you have there? Sound of metal. Wishful thinking again. Of course. Uh, achievement in directing. Chloe Zhao. Nailed that one. That was a gimme for sure. Yep. For both of us. Uh, supporting actress. Uh, I had Yao Jun Yun from Minari and she won and she gave one of the best speeches of the night. It was pretty, pretty enjoyable. Who, who'd you have there, brother? Or like remind there the are little, listeners. The, this is not the, just us doing this. Right I know. No, I had the little girl from Borat. Maria Bakalova. Yes, her. The little girl. Okay. Supporting actor, Dino Kuluya. We nailed it, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, we did. That is two. One for each of us. <laughs> one for the both of you. Uh, on to actress in a lead role. Excuse me. Let's let's not do that. Now let's reverse the order and let's do it how they did it. Because they gave director very, like way earlier than expected. It was like, okay, this was kind of a given. So it's interesting that they're reshuffling it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I, I like I thought, because I've been pausing it for the ad breaks and then like fast forwarding a bit. I honestly thought like, oh, did it time out? And it's like catching up with live TV because all of a the sudden they were presenting best picture. Hmm. I was like, what the hell is going on? So they present best picture and it goes as we expected to Nomadland. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was my pick um, for what I thought would win. That is, in fact, what won. But because they did it two before the last, you know, they did it early, essentially. I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. They're pretty well convinced, like we all are, that Chadwick Boseman is going to win Best Actor. And that's the note we're going to end this evening on. It's going to be sad, but it's going to be a tribute kind of thing. So then they do. Best actress. And I told you, I thought like Carrie Mulligan was just going to pull this one out. And so it was a bit of a surprise to me because I thought this category was a little more wide open given some of the earlier like winners throughout the season, but it was just like, Oh, it's Frances McDormand. And like, she, she got up there. She gave like a 15 second speech and she was off, which was like great. But again, it's like, I mean, that's awesome. I love Frances McDormand. She's also won three times, like in this category too, which is an achievement in and of itself. But I, I, I don't know. And I thought she was great in Nomadland. Did I think it was the best performance of the year? No, I didn't, to be honest. So, uh, did you pick her? Yeah, yeah. No, I had the same as you. I believe I said uh, uh, it's no question. It's a done deal. It's over with. Like, wrap it up. 
No, I, I picked Carrie Mulligan in this category. Oh, you did. Oh, yes. Are, are you following? You? Are you following the list? Or did I you am. not write so, it down correctly originally? You know, I saved space and I got all four names for each one, actor, actress, all in one little tiny thing. So I'm misreading some stuff. I do see Carrie Mulligan here. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Molly, Molly down by two now. But so let's see if that changes. Okay. It's not going to. We only have one category left. Right. That's, which we both got yes that's best actor which they which they ended the night on walking phoenix mm-hmm. came out he presented which again it was weird that they because usually they gender flip if i'm not mistaken usually the actor best actor winner of the prior year gives best actress and vice versa but this year they flipped it And because I think, again, they were thinking this is going to be Joaquin Phoenix giving the award to Chadwick Boseman. Okay. Posthumously, Mm -hmm. of course. And so I I honestly, I think there was the calculation of like, well, we don't want Renee Zellweger up there. She talks too much. She's awkward as hell at these things. Let's, Mm -hmm. let's get her, get her out of here. You know, she can present best actress to Franny and that'll be that. And yeah, so Walking Phoenix comes out. It does not look like he wants to be there at all. Reads the nominees, and then it's like, and the winner is Anthony Hopkins for the father. <laughs> you feel pretty much feel the energy of like, oh, oh, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then he's not there because it was like four thirty in the morning. He's an eighty-three year old man. And I also don't think he really gives a shit about award shows. Uh, so not. he he was not, everybody else was there either on site, like in the room or on screen via Zoom, you know, mm. from a satellite location. But he wasn't there. There wasn't like some pre-taped speech, of course. So it was literally like Joaquin Phoenix is like, the winner is Anthony Hopkins. He's not here. We accept this on his behalf. And then throw, <coughs> to, throw to Questlove. Poor Questlove. Oh, God. DJing the whole night. Who clearly it was going to be like, hey, he has the final word. He's going to wrap it up after Chadwick Boseman wins. But like now we're throwing to Questlove, who has to just be like, and thanks for watching the 93rd annual Oscars. Have a Here's good night. The debut <laughs> pick. Good night, yeah, guys. Exactly. <laughs> it was it was truly the most awkward like five minutes of that telecast since uh, Moonlight. They La 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 La. Yeah, since they gave it to to La La Land when it really went to Moonlight, which was incredible. Was like the one of the best moments of live television oh, I've yeah, ever seen course. in my entire I, that, life. God, that was so fucking. So, so, sometimes I just rewatch the clip just to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You like slowly see the the La La Land producer like process like oh, it doesn't that doesn't say her name and it's like should I say something I have to say something right should I say something right because um, it's not uh, I I don't even I knew I know what that was I know what happened but it wasn't like they opened it and said the wrong name it wasn't like a Travolta like Adele Dazine it wasn't that like messing up someone's name it's literally like they read La La Land. And that wasn't what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be 
uh, Moonlight? No, or literally, did... it said it said Moonlight because I, if I remember correctly, at some point they literally like showed the thing to the camera and it said Moonlight on it. I think Warren Beatty can't see for shit; it's blinding up there on stage, and he just like said <laughs> whatever he thought it was, or you know. I think Faye Dunaway was up there with him as well. And I don't hey, know listen. who I don't know who said it first or whatever, but yeah, they all of a sudden just blurred it out. I have to go watch hey, that clip again. Listen, if, if all those fails, L M N O P L comes before M. So La La Land, go with it. Yeah. Uh but yeah, it was just kind of deflating, especially after a three hour and twenty minute broadcast to just be like, Oh, that was that was a left turn. Okay. Yeah. And boom, it was over. And that was that was that. Oh. Um, and like that, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's do some spacey impressions for sure. <laughs> let's yeah. Let's rock those right now. So I will say this. I was already excited to see the father. I'm even more excited to see it now. Uh yeah, as I as I told you last it's it's a weird night, if it doesn't openly weep in front of whoever I'm watching with it, then it's bullshit. And this entire award thing is all completely bullshit. Yeah. I mean, just to remind you, the Oscars are bullshit. All award right. shows are bullshit. But uh, 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 the SAG, the SAG awards, those are okay. You're okay with the SAGs? Listen, if I was an actor, I would care more about the SAGs than the Academy because the Academy is people who can't do what I do telling me I'm not, I'm not worthy. But the SAG is people who do what I do. And like we all play pretend and dress up for a living. And it's all of my peers being like, you played pretend the best of all of us. You did it the best, man. You did it the best. No, you're not, you know, going overseas to, you know, support troops or coming up with some new way to, you know, stop coronavirus or coming up with a synthetic way to make food so we can all live forever. But God damn it, you play pretend the best. <laughs> and so I can appreciate, if I'm an actor, I appreciate my other, the people I'm in the guild with. I mean, we're, we all pay dues into this giant guild to have a card as a screen actor. You know, it'd be like if I was a, like a teamster or like a, a welder and people are like, you weld the best, dude, of the welders guild, you win. Like, <laughs> okay, cool. Thanks. Welded the best. I would care more about that. Then, like you know, the ninety third annual welders convention, telling me, yeah, you welded great, but not that good, you know. And it's like everybody said online anyway. It's like half the people who were talking about it was like, I don't think I'm even going to complain about what happened at the Oscars because I don't think Chadwick Boseman would do that. Like I knew him well, and I don't think he would really complain. I think he would say, let's just get back at it tomorrow and give it our best. And mm-hmm. I, and that's lovely, and that's a nice sentiment. But also, Oscars just fucking stupid. And they don't fucking matter. And, you know, I like doing this just to be able to talk shit about the. <laughs> right. So, so, I'm sorry. The Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Science, whatever the fuck it is, it's bullshit. It does not have its finger anywhere near the pulse of what the rest of us love at all whatsoever. I mean, we, I definitely kind of started to think it did after last year. I thought there had been like a dramatic shift, but. No, yeah, no. Os- Oscar gonna Oscar, I suppose. The last two years are literally have literally been the Oscars trying to cover up like a long history of like being the way they have been and nobody calling them out. 
And then within the last two or three years, people who have, you know, started to realize what we've all known for a long time that had a voice said, yo, dude, this is, this is kind of fucked up. Like, what are you doing here? And so the last two years, I feel like have them being trying to like, oh, look at us. We're, we're not what you think we are. We're, we're better. Don't, hey, bet. yeah, we got rid of Weinstein. And hey, we got more, we got more people of color in here. Look mm-hmm. at us. Because it's like I texted you last night. The last time a, uh, a person of color won the like best actor was Forrest Whitaker in 2006, the year I graduated high school. Well, I mean, you, I mean, if you want to get specific, you're saying the last time a black man one yeah, yeah, best yeah, actor definitely. person of color right. i mean if we want to get technical it was last year it was, it was rami malik bro right but, yeah anyways but no or two years yeah. ago two years ago last year was joaquin phoenix and he's about as white as they come he was even painted white in that movie if i right. remember correctly but um, i feel like with the djing and the beard he's maybe like an honorary you know person of color on something <laughs> okay let's not go there uh okay. Yeah, there was a small part of me that was hoping that he was going to be like, uh, Anthony Hopkins couldn't be here, so I accept this word on his behalf, and now I'm going to talk to you about the the farming industry for 10 minutes while we wrap up this broadcast. And he just like literally did his exact same speech from the previous <laughs> year. And he's like, none of you got it, so I'm going to give it to you a second time. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that he was the- He starts powdering his face up as he's doing it, like white joker face paint as yeah. he's telling that that was the Oscars uh, 2021, a not particularly exciting affair and kind of a deflating one at the end. But again, I'm fully prepared to watch The Father and be like, you know what? I do. It's Anthony Hopkins. They're saying it's his best work ever. So, you know, maybe that's the thing. But uh, again, of what I'd seen and what was nominated, 100% Chadwick Boseman made sense. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And here's here's my thing that I do still have a bit of an issue with is like I I feel like some of the people getting upset still have not like it's on principle essentially. I don't think a lot of people saw Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I think that's part no. of why it did not get the best picture nod and also why it like even though it got those technicals and it was nominated um it was just odd not to have it up there for best picture or even director possibly, but yeah. So maybe that, maybe that should have been a sign in advance that like, maybe they might've gone another way, but. Well, you know what I actually think happened if I'm being hundred percent honest. What's that? I think that Frank Drebin was chasing Rocco and um, around the back of the uh, stage around everything. And Uh unfortunately there was a switcheroo with the envelopes and Frank didn't know which one to put so he just put the 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 envelope for you know best actor wherever and really it was you know it got misplaced essentially it's a naked gun 33 and a third finally finally so i'm aware you forget that the the, the you best forget that that happens the best sequel at the title end of, of all time yes yes okay are we done with the oscars yeah we could be done with the oscars i mean any final thoughts Again, I, um, overall, I thought the broadcast was up, moved at a decent clip and was differentiated itself enough from years past uh, to feel a little fresh um, under weird circumstances, obviously. Um, and there were some cool moments here and there and some like actually good acceptance speeches. Thomas Venterberg's jumps to mind for 
another round. That was pretty emotional. Uh, Yao Jun Yun winning for Minari was awesome. One of the better speeches. And uh, those are probably my two favorite, like off the top of my head. But yeah, not a ton of like crazy viral moments or anything. All anybody's going to be talking about is the fact that Chadwick didn't win Best Actor. But I hope anyways that that will encourage more people to actually go sit down and watch Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. But one of the movies that I've been recommending to everybody since the fall in my like immediate friend group and like coworkers and nobody has watched yet. I, and I think there was a certain amount of resistance of like, well, this is his last one. And I don't know if I'll make yeah. emotionally ready to watch that. And no, so I understand gotta... that reticence on some people's part, but at the same time, I'm like, well, now's the time. Like, yeah, it's just sitting there on Netflix for you. So do yourself a favor. Well, the only, the only thing that I, that I, take away from it that like just it bothers me is that like i read somewhere where they talked to anthony hopkins about doing the role and i don't know if i'm grabbing at the wrong headline but i remember him saying like you know oh you know it wasn't it was he didn't say it was like oh it was easy but he basically said like at his age and the performance and all that it was like you you need to be able to turn things on and get to places you need to get to and all that different stuff and so like hearing that and if you want to break it down, it's like you could soundbite and be like, oh, Anthony Hopkins says performance he gave in um, in The Father was easy. And it's like, okay, cool. So if it was easy, it was easy. Great. But like the person that we all wanted to win gave that performance dying. Mm-hmm. Like knowing, like dying. Like he was dying. Let's just get it out there. And the idea that what is considered like the pinnacle for some people. And again, I know, I know people online have said, you know, I don't even think he would have cared. Like, you know, he would have just been happy to be nominated and be recognized or whatever. But if that is like the penultimate honor you can get, like, we're not penultimate, the ultimate honor you can get as a working actor on whatever, you know, whether you started in theater, whether you started in TV, whatever, if the ultimate recognition is you winning a, a golden statue that says best actor, whatever year, the idea that you want to give that to someone who already has one for playing one of the most iconic people, characters ever written, you want to give it to him again over someone who has done a ton for everybody who has played everybody. Like, I know you basing it on Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, but if you're going to award it posthumously, what a chance to honor every other performance that may have never gotten any recognition. You know? I know it was kind of funny at one point where like, oh my God, he's everybody. He's um, Jackie Robinson. He's Sir Good Marshall. He's all these different people. He's T'Challa, all this, and that's great. But what a way to honor that one last time because, yeah, Anthony Hopkins is old, but he could probably come back and do it again. And maybe he'll get nominated again. But they're never going to nominate Chadwick Boseman again. Right. And it just kind of it pisses me off because it's like you had the chance. If ever there was a chance to interfere and to know what was in the envelope and to, and to stack the deck, you could have done it here. And you could have been winking at the camera the entire time you did it. And no one would have blamed you. and Everyone would have appreciated you. And you would have looked like well, look at that. That was great. They gave him that honor. He deserved it because I truly think he did. I love that performance. That was honestly, dude, 
it was him and Riz Ahmed was the only two performances I watched this year. Maybe, or well, Daniel Kalula. For, no, that was best supporting. I'm sorry. But I'm thinking that's the only two for the best actor that I watched, Riz Ahmed and him. Mm-hmm. You know, if I had to pick, I was going to pick him. And it just, it just sucks. That's like, that's, that's going to be the, it would be, hey, he's honored for this. It was, oh yeah, everybody thought it was him. And then they gave it to the, the old white guy that won the BAFTA a couple weeks ago. You know, right. just like the year they gave it to the, the French dude who was in the artist, you know, yeah. like, who the fuck is that dude? Yeah, exactly. What, what's he, what's he doing these days? What is he going to, what has he done to, you know, earn his place in the world today? I mean, <laughs> he was in Deerskin last year. I really liked that movie. Um, oh, okay. He's fun. He's good. As uh, long as he's still around, that's good. And he deserves that. that he's in a Wolf of Wall Street for like 10 minutes. Well, that works. Then he, that award he got was deserving. He's round. He's round. No, that is one of the worst Oscar years ever, dude. The artist winning for Best Picture. Over. That's why I want to know who what, over what. Oh, that. Oh my God. Let me pull and up what is it here. even about? What is the artist even about? Um, there's a dog in it, right? <laughs> yes. It's it's silent. I watched it when it because it won the Oscar. I watched. It's it, about but... Hollywood. Yes, it's about the silent film era, and yeah, um, Hollywood sucking its own dick again. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I mean, you know, at least they can go to Mank. I know you didn't like Mank. <laughs> Listen, I would have. Ex- I watched Mank, and I didn't like Mank for like. I just I didn't get it. It was just like I don't. I mean, I get what you're saying here. I know the story of this, and it's it looks neat, and like it's David Fincher, and of course, <laughs> Oldman. And it is all this other stuff, but you know, I'm just wondering why I needed it. You know what I mean? That's all. But I appreciated it. And if they'd I mean, have been like, clearly, you only like, needed right. it for its look and for its production design, and nothing else, apparently. Uh, okay, yeah, it, weird, weird Oscars for a weird year in film, and we can kind of finally close the close the book fully. On 2020 and 2021 Q1 movies. We're, yes. we're firmly into the anything that's coming out now in theaters, on VOD, on streaming, etc. It's firmly in the this is what will be counted as 2021 movies. For our purposes of top 10 list at the end of the year and for the purpose of Oscar consideration. We're well past the Oscar window, which I think ended in like end of March or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So in that vein, we have a new release which, to discuss. Excuse me. Which so far would be best visuals uh, 2021. Nothing can beat it. If we're going Oscars right again, Mortal Kombat, best visuals thus far, 2021. Um, I'm going to... Ha- hugely quibble with you what the hell are you talking about <laughs> i'm just kidding we literally just reviewed godzilla versus kong like a, a oh, couple did, weeks wait, ago did that, oh did that mean you're so you're That's saying a 2021 that? movie yes all right okay all right i was just reminding people like mind share wise like i'm gonna watch the father and then pretty much i'm done playing catch up on anything from last year is what i mean like actively i, I feel like i've seen everything that i like quote unquote needed to see I got you. Uh, so yeah, you ready to talk Mortal Kombat? Uh, we certainly can. Okay, 
watch this one at home. I'm assuming yes. no private theater for this one. Negative. Okay. Uh, I mean, affirmative. Yes. No private screening to set the table a bit. I'm sure we've talked about it on previous episodes. Um, we're children of the nineties. Uh, yes. I myself am 30. You are. 30. I was going to say, do you not, or you do not reveal that publicly. Oh no, I'm, I'm 33. I turned 30. G- genuinely struggling to remember how old you are. Well, cause I always, yeah, your birthday like, is in January. It's 2021 right. and you were born in right 1988. Now. So yes, you are indeed 33. Yeah. Well, when you turn 31 here, there's that October to January where you're only two years apart and now we're three. So yeah. I forget what times what. Anyways, you're in front of me. I don't do math that well. Like, yeah, pretty. <laughs> I don't do math. I don't do math real good. I don't do yeah. math off the clock. You, you got to pay me to do the math. You know what I mean? Okay. Crunch well, the numbers. Look yeah. at the interest rates. As, as we all know, there's no payment involved here. We're doing this for the love of the game. So, for no love math. of the fucking <laughs> No game. more math talk. Let's keep it moving. Uh, we are children of the 90s. We grew up playing Mortal Kombat. The first Mortal Kombat movie was an event when it came out. Um, we like I think anxious, we, we had a promo VHS that, that featured. Had, um, it was it, basically special features that kind of ended with like the trailer for the movie. But before it, there was like probably probably looks terrible now, but like early. Computer CG, yes, early CG, CG. Lao fighting Goro and Sub Zero fighting Scorpion, obviously. Yes. And I think I have that tape in my closet right now. I don't know who I, produced that, I don't know where that came from, but we must have watched that. I like dozens of times just in prep for the movie coming out, right. Yes. Do you know what? Do you know that the the Blood and Thunder comic books that we have Mortal Kombat that first edition? Do you know yeah. what that sold for last month? How much? Four hundred and fifty dollars. Wow. At fair market. That's fair market. That's not any. Do like you know where those are? <laughs> any of our issues? Right over there. In well, my where, cl- where's our check, man? Where, where's um, the, where's the dough? Don't worry about it. I'm fixing to, I'm sending that and I've got two more that I want to run by you. I'm going to say, I'll send you the fair market value on them. But basically there's a, the big uh, CGC by collection thing out of, uh, I think their headquarters is actually in Sarasota, Florida, where I'm going to, where I always go to vacation. If they have a local drop-off, I'm going to take them there. If not, I'm going to put them in the mail, but I'm going to send them off to be like inspected, Appraised. graded on a number scale mm-hmm. um, because there's a couple of ones I've seen that, that between you and I, I know we have, like, I know there's a first edition Batman and Robin, the animated series one, that one too is upwards of 600 bucks brand. Like, you know, that's a 9.8, but even like the eight, the 8.0 and the, you know, 9.0 ones, those are still going for a good bit of money. So I'm going to go ahead and do that and All like right. have them, you know, rated so that they can be sold properly based off of their grading. So we'll do it by all means. Yeah. But the, yeah. And it's, I think it's only like 20 bucks, You basically 20 bucks a book. But, you know, if you did decide to resell it and sold it for a hundred bucks, cause you know, it's worth way more than that. You could still make your money back. But 
I just say all that to say that Mortal Kombat was pretty much fucking everywhere. Yes. Okay. So we were huge into the first movie. We we played the games. I, I think we've fallen in and out of it over the years. I, I, I don't know about you. I haven't played every single one in the franchise, but oh, I have the. I should I should have assumed as much. Excuse me. Uh, but the last several I, I've been in for the crossovers uh, as well. The injustice, like the reset. DC, all that sort of stuff. Yes. Uh, I was pretty pumped going into this just because it was like everything we kept hearing was like, this is encouraging. It's all stunt performers. It's people who are actually doing it. It looks like, you know, they're actually going to put some thought into the fights. It looks mm-hmm. like we're going to see some people we never got to see before, et cetera started getting more and more pumped by the trailers. I was very excited to sit down and watch this thing. And overall I had an absolute blast with mortal Kombat. Fuck yeah. 2021. Uh, yeah. I don't know where you want to start overall thoughts, whatever, but uh, if you haven't watched it already, we highly recommend that you do. We're going to go ahead and spoil the hell out of it. But we, as, as long time MK fans and fans of that first movie, and again, more ironic fans of Annihilation, which is inarguably hey, kind did, of a, listen. We we did go to the theater for Annihilation. We sure did. Um, you and I, you, me, and Mom went to that tiny movie theater that burned down, and we watched Mortal Kombat Annihilation. We did, and the luster, Mom, the bloom was a little bit off the rose already. It, literally five minutes in. Yes, <laughs> the minute that they killed Johnny Cage, Mom was like, "Well, wait, what?" And that was it. Mom was done. Yeah. Yeah. And if mom checks out, uh, you know, it's time to go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She just left right then. Uh, Not to mention, you're like, is that that James Remar? (laughs) (laughs) What happened to the Highlander? (laughs) They got a fucking warrior instead. I wanted the Highlander. (laughs) And then isn't it um, what is Dexter's dad doing up in this bitch? No, what is it's uh, what the older brother, the older brother from Airborne is fucking uh, Johnny Cage, Conrad. Right. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of his first name, but yeah, um, out of the blue, like I guess the next it's also a new Sonya. There's like so many recasts right off the bat, but it's like Robin Shu stuck around. Uh, Katana. I mean, what else was? Yeah. Uh, was that uh, Talisa Soto? Yes. Did I just pull that? Oh, dude. I think you did. Yeah. Uh, what else was she in? What What am I thinking of? She was in some other big New Line movie. Um. God, that that's gonna kill me. Um. It wasn't, and it wasn't Beverly Hills Ninja. That was Robin Joe, obviously. Right. Um, uh, that's gonna bother the hell out of me. I'm something else. We'll think of it. We'll figure it out. Okay, this movie though, this Mortal Kombat. What did you think, bro? I um, I was really, really, really fucking blown away. Like I told you my rating, but and I, that's just because I've been, you know, I've been trying to. It's license to kill, Noah. We're thinking a license to kill. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you, you're you probably thinking um, ballistics X versus Sever. That's for of you. Of course. Of course. And I'm thinking Spy Hard. 
Oh, of course, Spy Hard. No, that's probably that's probably actually what I was thinking of 90s wise. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Moving along. Um, I really loved that it. it was like, okay, we're gonna kind of anchor it here to the whole Scorpion thing. Mm-hmm. We're gonna anchor it all to Scorpion's story. Because I did watch the Warner Brothers animated Scorpion's Revenge. It's kind of like a whole thing of like it's available on HBO Max right now as well. Yes. Right. I um which I dig. I like that. Um, I don't know if there's any more in that same animation style, but I love that it was it kind of in the same vein of Invincible. It was just like brutal as hell. We should talk about this. Going back to that era, and if I'm misidentifying you by all means, please, please correct me. You're more mm-hmm. of a scorpion dude. Yeah. More of a scorpion guy. Mm-hmm. Always been more of a sub-zero guy, obviously. Right. I like the blue. When we did Double Dragon, I was going to be Billy, of course, obviously. Right. And you're Jimmy. You're in the because, red. But, I'm, but you're younger, so you have to be Billy. Jimmy was the older brother. I mean, I just wanted to be blue, so I didn't really care how that happened. I just wanted the blue. But if you're telling me, it's like, well, of course, that's the only reason I would want to be. I'm like, But I get it. Mark DeCoscos instead of Scott Wolf. I mean, I understand. Yeah, I get it. Speaking of that, I need to watch One Night in Bangkok. It's out now. Yeah. And then maybe followed by Bangkok Dangerous, if you want to get Bangkok Dangerous with it. Yeah. Just, just a thought. Okay. Not, none of these jokes are playing for you? They are. I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. Yeah. One night. Yeah. The, the hard man humble. I got it. Not much between despair and ecstasy. I got you. Something about an Oriental city. Something city like that. He's getting yep, just like we didn't know what we were getting with Mortal Kombat. Crazy, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think we're. I don't know, dude. I think we're just we're in an era where they're given. It, it gives me more hope for future video game movies as well. But they're given a little more carte blanche to like, hey, we can make stuff that is more geared towards the people who like this shit. Like, right? We don't have to necessarily bring everybody to the party if we make it enough for a hardcore base to satisfy them then you know what will probably pick up some people along the way and the general fan reaction of this movie i feel like has been through the roof um, we'll see that that's the one thing i will say it is the most um hey hey hi i i like i like a sequel please can i get a sequel please hey can and, it is the most and, sequel written and driven movie i've seen in a long time to that Thank- point that they're trying to have another one, you know? Yeah. To that point, my rating, I think was, you said 8.5 and I was like, I'm right there with you. And my version of being right there with you on your rating is to be about, you know, a point and a half lower. So, so I was 7.75 on this and I had a blast. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I had the exact same thought where it was like, it's so clearly, you know, laying the ground for what I think would be a pretty amazing franchise. If they let them, if they let them do this, I appreciated the restraint to not shoot their wad, if you will, with too many characters trying to to stuff too many references in. That's Mm -hmm. kind of the downfall of annihilation in a lot of ways is it's like, okay, well we did the first one. And now there's all these other characters. So like 
we we got to just put in as many villains as possible and it's like well you're not not that these movies are necessarily about giving depth to the character even though this this movie kind of manages to do that but um i feel like annihilation just you get you get nothing they just say their names and they're kind of vaguely costumed like they are no, in the they game and they they, they don't even say they don't even say their names half of annihilation is the voice coming going <laughs> motoro <laughs> motoro ermac <laughs> yeah. or reptile and then it's like that fight yeah the thing i appreciate about them, yeah <laughs> which is the mom from the oc right i believe so yes i think that's right that is right um uh, what was I going to say? Um, the thing I can appreciate now is I think what it can do is you can have a really intense character-driven, like, people you care about full-on tournament movie. Like, if you think about it, you fleshed out and given me enough groundwork that, like, I care about the four people we still have left at the end of the day. Right. So if in the next film you bring in one or two more to round out like a six person team and you give me enough of them backstory of how you got there with them in little in, in the beginning and then you let them all video game. Do you yes. remember that? Yes. Very difficult. Very yes, difficult. Very I would love to Notably give that one hard, another like, crack. Yes. Notably, like people have mentioned like yeah, and no- one of, one of the wildest biopics ever made. We should definitely talk best. about. We should one definitely talk about best. that movie at some point. Anyways, yes. so I love Liu Kang as a kid in the first game, and then of course I didn't know any of the lore. I didn't know they were cousins until like some of these later games. Should um, right. I want to say around the time of like, what's the one you had for the Dreamcast? Like gold, the first one you would have had for the Dreamcast, and that's the first like kind of three D. Four like was starting been that. to okay. Four was the first 3D, and then gold was basically four for the Dreamcast. Um, that's right. The same way that Ultimate was like three, but with more people. And that's like that's like Shinnok as the main baddie there, or right. is that Quan Chi? It's Shinnok. Which one is Quan? Where when does Quan Chi come in? Which one is that? Uh, he comes in in four. Okay. Or no, he's around. Is he around in three? He may be around in three. Before Shinnok is the main bad guy. Shao Kahn's essentially Shao Kahn's father. Gotcha. Yeah, clearly we didn't brush up on all of this beforehand. And again, I feel There's like a the, ton of the, fucking lore. The storylines have changed throughout the games as well. And like the whole point of Eleven is it's all time travel. So it's like there's old versions of the characters and like you right. know, people who are dead continuity wise are able to come back, that sort of thing. Which I as I'm watching this movie, I'm like, it would be kind of cool if all of a sudden, like Bridget Wilson and like Lyndon Ashby or like um, Robin Shu, any any of the original cast or like Christopher Lambert just like randomly showed up as you know their incarnation from the previous movie. I thought that would have been yeah, cool. but that would anyways, have been we've gotten way off topic. I adore Kung Lao. I loved his depiction in this in this movie. I thought he had some great comedic beats. Interplay with mm-hmm. Kano. Kano, the the comedic saving grace of the entire movie by far. You know, Kano is the only reason we don't have Johnny Cage. Okay, 
I thought, I thought, no, I thought they, that was I thought that was an incredibly smart decision to not have Johnny no, no, Cage no. in this when, movie. No, when 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 he came in to test, they loved him so much that they went with, oh, we'll go with Kano and we won't worry about Johnny Cage right now. Because it was like the better that that serves the story better. I think I think that is honestly this, the best decision they made in yes. all of this. You don't have some forced like half rom-com romantic angle with Sonya that you have to get uh, get done with like in the context of this movie where you're essentially setting up the new universe you also don't have I also like the anchoring the the outsider character who we haven't talked about at all but he's a UFC fighter kind of down on his luck essentially but Mm -hmm. notably he has a wife and kid which I did not expect to be part of the setup of oh, this at all yeah i mean and yeah. seems cliched but totally works for like the setup they needed for this but again leading towards like there's no they don't have that angle with sonia blade with him either there's none of that like they remove any love story sort of aspect which the the chemistry in the original movie works but it also is just like it just seems arbitrary they're like right. okay well we have three three people here and obviously she can't get with the Asian guy because like, you know, God forbid we let that happen. So we'll pair her with the the douchey Hollywood guy. Right. Right. Even though I guess that was canonical at that point in the games, which again, we're, what are we talking about? Like booklets here where they kind of tell you some backstory. No, Fan you got you to play all and read all the text and like get every, you got to beat the game with everybody's character to like see what happens to them after the tournament and stuff like that the you know it's 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 wild but yeah i i think the making it an outsider but again we're going with the, the scorpion angle you know he's the long line descendant of scorpion scorpion's bloodline yes so of course he would have a hanzo hasashi just like yeah just like hanzo had a family it, it's it it writes itself but i think it makes it first off i feel like Again, we only have two other movies to to compare it to, but everything about Mortal Kombat all centers around the idea that Earthrealm has to fight in a tournament, and if it loses, our, we're, we're done. So to to build up and start your your new new movie essentially with no tournament to to never even make a tournament. Again, another great decision. Perfect move. Yes, <laughs> it's just Shang Tsung being like, you know what? I'm I, I can do this. I know one's stopping me. Um, the only way they're going to stop me is if they fight me, and I, I, we know I'm going to win. So let's do this. And he just decides, fuck it. We'll, we'll make sure they don't even get to the tournament, so we don't even have to worry about fighting. Right. Perfect. The Perfect. same sort of stuff that like Kerry Tagawa's Shang Tsung is trying to pull in the in the earlier version the original if you will but right but that's actually like the plot here and i i love that like you're saying because the, there's the total setup to like actually have a full-on tournament movie at some point which i think would be even more interesting than the way it's depicted in the first movie oh, and no, of course annihilation is also like the, the rules are off there's no structure Dude, here I, at all like no i've i've totally i totally wrote it i've, I've i didn't even i didn't get to finish Earlier, the second movie is a buildup where we care about whatever what happens to every fighter that we've met. Maybe right. we maybe we have like an Art Lean 
an art lean guy who's there that we don't know that they like, oh, dude, how'd you hear about this? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm just kind of here, man. Not realizing like, you know, the fate of the world is on his shoulders. Because that was the only thing that ever stood out about the original. It's like, there's other people here fighting from Earth that right. have no idea they're fighting for the fate of Earth. But right. They just think it's a normal tournament. Whatever. Yeah, like normal to get so on they, that black dragon boat and go all the way into this void and not know where you are, but I get it. So the second movie is just the tournament and it hinges on we win. And it's like great high note, but you pull a uh you pull a return of the uh you pull a Empire Strikes Back, and the very end of the second one is oh, we gotta take an L because well Shao Kahn doesn't give a shit, he's still coming to invade Earth. And mm-hmm. like Boom. And in a quick succession, people that we've cared about this entire movie who we're so happy have made it, boom, boom, boom. They're dead or they're, you know, incapacitated or whatever. We don't know what happens to them. And it ends. And then it sets up your final third, like Mortal Kombat 3, the world's emerging, you know, everybody mm-hmm. everywhere. You know, you're fighting in different landscapes with a merger that's about to happen and all bets are off. And we finally get, it gives us time to, get uh, Julius Hafthorpe Bjorkinson in shape to be Shao Kahn. <laughs> there we go. Yep. I love it. Um, you heard it here, folks. Copyright, trademark, everything. So we can jump back in whenever you want to. Oh, but yeah, we know. No, you're, you're talking about the, the hopefully inevitable sequel. Yes. And the very final teaser in this movie, this, the stinger, if you will, Yes. They're going to give us Johnny Cage. Right. Who budget is no object. Who do you want in that role? Because I have one that is seems like such a no-brainer. Sasha Mitchell. What? Sasha Mitchell. Okay. He's a little older, but I don't know what we're going for. If we're going for younger Johnny Cage, then it's going to be Camp Gigante. If it's older, then it's what? What was the who? Who help me with Cam, some of these names? But the kid, the kid from Twilight, he was in Never Back Down. Giganet or Giganet? Whatever. However, we say it. Okay. I don't know what his name is. Camp G, whatever his name is. I don't know. He's good looking. He can fight him. That was my Johnny Cage pick. If not him, then like. Uh, yeah, Sasha Mitchell. If we're going older, okay, because he was the kickboxer. He was also Cody on Step by Step. He could do do she stupid whatever, like you know, washed up TV actor. But he could also like he could actually fight too, for real. Because okay. I think that's the whole thing with any of this is like a lot of stuff. It's like you saw like the Shang Chi trailer, right? Yeah, yeah, that kid, the actor can fight and you will see every fight with him right. and it's like a quick cut like you know oh Bernthal could Bernthal be it she's too gritty you're just you're it it's staring you no right idea. in the face and I'm so shocked that this didn't immediately come to your mind I told you budget is no object Timothy Chalamet <laughs> <laughs> I think this is perfect casting. It's so smart. It's dumb. 
You know what I'm saying? It's so perfect. It's stupid, and they shouldn't do it. I, There's who, only one person who can play Johnny Cage, dude. Who's that? Ryan fucking Reynolds. I can't believe I'm saying it, but Van City Reynolds himself, dude. I I mean, yeah, maybe. How is that? It's, it's perfect. I'll give you that, but I don't know. He might have too much going on. It's what I'm saying. It seems like such an obvious, like, of course, if you could get him, right? They're going to have a much bigger budget, I think. I think they're going to they're gonna give them the budget. And I think what you need to bring in that next, like, you know, wave, you take the R-rated franchise IP king right now, and you bring him into your movie as one of the most iconic characters in video game history. And what do you do? Just like you were saying, you kill him off. Like... At the is beginning it, so of your movie, you think he's, he's yes, it. you pay him $20 million to be in one of your movies. And everybody thinks that, oh my God, it's right. It's, it's Ryan Reynolds. He's going to be, he's going to be in this franchise for like forever. And then at the yeah. beginning of the third one, you kill him off. Perfect. What's you just, it? you just give him some back end the- deal. You don't have to pay him that much up front. Maybe so he's second- a, maybe he's a fan of the game. Maybe he give him a maybe. break. Maybe, but I like some of your other picks to be clear. I just like, I thought that was such a no brainer, but then I'm like, it's so obvious. It's so obvious. Maybe it's, maybe it's a bad pick. Well, I mean, I think you could do that. You could do, I mean, there's a ton of options. I mean, if I'm having, I'm trying to think, I'm just, I'm not up on there's admittedly, you probably have to agree with me. There's not a whole lot of like, white guys doing karate action movie stuff a lot anymore there no, is a- there's like scott atkins i think is yeah. like the big the big guy in that, that oh front we, how about this but yeah i got i got it we just which he actually would be a very good johnny cage and would within the context of who's in this this franchise as of now he would be still a big addition nowhere near the level of like a, a reynolds for instance but that would be a big deal if he was if he was Johnny Cage, people would be excited about that. But what if we take it a step further? We just flip it all on its head. We didn't all we saw was the name Johnny Cage, right? We didn't see anything. Right. All right. Michael Jai White. I was gonna Michael Jai White came to mind. And then also I started thinking about the energy of Jamie Foxx in Any Given Sunday as Willie Beeman. And I'm yes. like, that's the if he could tap back into that energy. That that's like a Jamie Foxx I could see playing Johnny Cage, which I think would work as well. If you're going doofus angle, like not doofus, but like can fight, but also like is like a dude. I, I this may sound a little bit too much, and it may not be the right fit. But I'm thinking like you could train Chris Pratt how to fight. Chris and, Pratt, you said. Yeah, it's like a. I don't a, think he's. I don't think he's. I don't think he has the douchiness. That's I think inherent he can, to to Johnny Cage as a character. I don't know. I mean, you've seen Wanted. He was he was he was that. That's he's true. A, he's been so far outside of that mode though for so that, long. What, which is why it's perfect to pull him back into it. Hey man, we just want you to be like that douchey kind of like guy you had in supporting roles. Give us a little bit of Andy Heart of Gold from uh, Parks and Rec, but uh, also you're gonna get super ripped and learn how to do a shadow kick. <laughs> 
for one movie because we're going to kill you off on the third one you know just don't don't tell anybody it's part of your contract you know, i mean my stuff. other again like would never do it but then you know never say never because he's making a wolfman movie right now but um Benicio de Toro? no <laughs> uh it was going to be you know just a guy can dream but such an obvious pick for me but it's like it's gosling in like nice guy slash big short mode like yeah he could knock this out of the park too and then of course i mean you don't see a ton of it but if he was just in the fighting shape of like only god forgives like that's a convincing johnny cage i'm just saying johnny cage is not this like roided out freak you know right no he isn't and that's the thing i feel like johnny cage <clears throat> be like our main character cole and like into mma johnny cage has to stand on his feet the entire time he fights right if he's anything he's like Muay Thai and like high kicking, like you know, my feet are everything. I'm not going to lose my ground. If I'm on my back, I'm done. Like that kind of fighting. Mm-hmm. Not much this, you know, just Kogmagra, whatever. Sorry. <laughs> I was just like, dude, what if, what if like Christian Bale is just a huge Mortal Kombat fan? Oh my God. Dude. And he's he, just he, like, I've always wanted to play Johnny Cage. I, I that's a ter- now I'm just doing Michael Caine. I don't even know what that was, but he's just like, no, I've all like, come here, fuck with your lights. I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find it. I don't know if I have a bail, but I don't think many people do because he could do so. He could just he can go anywhere. But that's what I'm saying. And what if he's just like you know I've always been a huge huge fan of Johnny Cage from the Mortal Kombat franchise. I would I would love to play him. Like he approaches yeah. them. That would be crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways, dream casting again. I, I I say it's Reynolds, dude. That just makes the most sense. If you could get him in there, that would be like the perfect synergy for like what you need to take your second movie to like a even bigger box office. Well, yeah, you gotta get some nice star to have, power nice, in there. It'd be nice to have an X Force reunion. That'd be pretty fun, of course. Uh, but I thought the casting of mostly stunt performers, essentially like first and foremost. Um, and people who have been in a lot of different fight films. I thought, surprisingly, the script is not Shakespeare, but these actors all like hold their own pretty well for the tone and everything. It's not oh the, the minute the minute he was like, Wait, are you sure about that last part? I mean, look, they even spelled combat wrong. Are you, yes. Are you, that's, that's when, when you I was know like, it's this it's movie on the right track. Exact, this movie but when I was gonna say but when it truly was like almost transcendent for me. Is when Liu Kang and Kano are training together and he's leg sweeping him and he's literally like, try that again. He does it again. And then he's like, he does it a third time and he's like, do you know, do you know any other you moves? Know, moves? And yes. that was, I was literally like, that was some of the most organic, every, that was that one is, of the most organic meta commentary yes. laughs I've ever had in anything like this. I was just like, this is like note perfect. This is how you do this movie in a way that both takes itself seriously, but not too seriously and knows exactly what it is. Yes. Without, without leaning too far into that direction where I lose all sense of like investment in it at the same time. It was, it was very well balanced, surprisingly, not something I expected to be saying about the, the moral combat movie. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mentioned Kung Lao earlier. He was a huge highlight for me. The moment when they've like 
broken into the, the secret training chamber, essentially, and try and sabotage them. And that's a non-game character, right? The winged female. She may be in one of the later like, games. I think there's one, one or two games. characters that are essentially movie only. But anyways, there's been a bit of setup of her before. I don't know the character's name, but yeah, she's like a winged vampire beast short sort of thing. I thought initially it was supposed to be like a weird version of Shiva, but then it wasn't. Right. Uh, so anyways, they've set her up before. She comes like flying in. And you're like, oh God, this has got like, this is going to be a pretty killer fight or whatever, right? No, Kung Lao, whose hat is buried in the, the rock at the moment, like basically snatches her up, starts riding her, like pulls his hat back into his hand, throws it down, and then rides her face through her entire body through the hat. Just like, like a yes. straight up fatality, like bisects her down the middle. And then says, of course, flawless victory. victory. And it is truly a flawless victory. She did not land a single hit. And he yes. just like perfectly pulled off a perfectly executed move. And it was the equivalent of like an Indiana Jones sort of scene where it's like, I'm expecting like a really cool fight right here. But you just delivered in a whole other way because no, you just had him do some like badass shit. Now, of course, they give him that awesome cool hero moment because within about 30 seconds Shang Tsung is like it's soul sucking time and yes. swallows his soul and I I was genuinely so upset I was yes. like shocked how much investment I had but I was like dude I fucking love Kung Lao they finally <laughs> gave him to us in a movie he was badass he was funny and he was like the cool Liu Kang, which is basically what you realize <laughs> when you're playing the games. It's like, oh, he's pretty much Liu Kang, but like even cooler. And he's got a fucking hat, dude. That It's all about yeah. that. But anyways, um, yeah, when they were like, nope. And I'm like, of course, lot video game logic and all of that. I'm like, all right, guys, well, movie two, you got to go get that soul back from Shang Tsung and yeah, and let's release him. And then Kung Lao can be in the rest of the franchise. So please do that because I thought he was great. Um, love Liu Kang. Kano again stole the show in terms of comedy. I thought a great, a great Sonya Blade. Um, mm -hmm. I love the arc of like, she's not, you know, a chosen one, the whole like branding thing, all of that stuff, like it worked. And I know it's all like bullshit, just movie stuff for the lore, but like it all tracked, it all worked. And the it, concept of like, if you kill somebody the with movies them, though, the, the symbol transferring, not the that? transferring, but you remember in non annihilation, there was a couple times that like they killed fighters and a, the dragon, and the dragon like off. released yeah. from them. Yes. Right. So like it, to me, that's a wink and a nod at like, Hey, remember this weird thing that like just randomly popped they just up in threw the into movie? annihilation? Yeah, we're gonna use this as a main plot point and show you how it's done. I feel like this entire movie was stunting on annihilation while trying to be like, "Hey, I got you, Mortal Kombat. Don't worry, I got the same name. I can carry you. Trust me, I got you." But fuck you, annihilation. I'm stunting on you. That's what this entire movie was. Yeah, it's really it's it's you wanna, honestly you want to see how you you want to see how you bring in other characters people's never heard of. It's you bring in three of them. To fight this little sequence right before what you just talked about with Kung Lao happens. You bring in three people. You know at least one of them with Cabal if you've played the games at all. The rest you can assume. Oh, dude, do you know who? Dude, Cabal. 
Do you know who you the voice of eighteen thousand different? Do you know who the voice who, of Cabal no. was? Who was it? It was fucking Daniel Harriman, the guy who played Manson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and oh in Mindhunter. <laughs> that was the I'm... voice of Cabal, dude. I thought he was great. Another highlight for sure. Well, he was like, oh yeah, I love it when they scream right before it happens. I'm like, what the fuck? Are you oh doing? yeah, dude. No, so like this? just twisted out of nowhere. Okay, so back to our like our outsider character who eventually they all have to find their arcana which is essentially yes. like you got to find your special move um right. and he does so by fighting goro uh, which i thought was perfect in a pretty badass sequence and he essentially gets um he gets like striker arms essentially right, right. striker with the batons Right, but I think there's another one. There was a blind guy, a blind character, not Rain or Rico. It was somebody else who was blind but had those. The blind handwriting. samurai? Kenshi? Was it, was it Kenshi that had those? Or Kenshi was it, is one of my favorite of like the new, like last decade of maybe. Mortal Kombat characters. No, he's awesome. And then like one of his kids is in uh, 10, I think. Well, maybe you, well, maybe that's perfect. Why don't you just call it in that like in his day job? He has to become a cop and they just, instead of Cole, his name is Stryker. Like, that's just what they, I just like, well, I, that's just immediately what I thought of though was Stryker. But what did, yeah. so what did you think of that? There was the whole buildup of like, what's his arcana going to be. And obviously he's not like a Canon character. So the reveal of like, okay, well, he's got like kind of basically Jax's arms, but on his entire body. Oh no. Dude, and dude, then he's got these like, it's, no, it's because they, they reveal it, but then like the first two minutes, the dude can take a beating. That's what he gets paid to do. Right, 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 right. Here, so, so here's the whole what thing I was with- here's what I was building towards, though. Yes, the whole thing is like the armor absorbs the pain, the energy, and then mm-hmm. he can like reuse that energy essentially to make himself a more powerful fighter. I feel like that happens in that Goro scene, and then they lose all of like tracking that happening to the suit. Like it, that does not come into play in any of the the later fights. He's only the whole, in one like, other. F- the whole. He's in, well, I mean, yeah, the in, movie is close to wrapping up after that. He's in one more, and I'll give you this: he's also in Sub Zero Temperatures, so okay. maybe it has something to okay. do with that. Okay, touche, touche. He's not uh, outside where the air can be absorbed. He's in a controlled climate. Yeah, a colder but controlled they, climate. Uh, they learn how to work as a team, essentially, as as they have to. Uh, Kano betrays them. Huge oh, shocker. Yeah. Uh, not surprising at all. Uh, that's where they lose Kung Lao. But then they get their shit together, essentially. And they've defeated everybody. It's down to just Sub-Zero, who they were like, we'll save him for last. We'll take him on together. Um, but, but surprise, Sub-Zero goes for his family first. Yes. Just like he did his descendant, yes, or his ancestor. He freezes him up real good, and then uh, you know Scorpion and Sub Zero gotta gotta throw down one last time. But Scorpion also now has his descendant there to help him, and because yeah. they make it, they, they made a big point again. And this is, I think, people aren't appreciating it. Low key, some of like really fucking good writing. He says like I took. Uh, I took Hanzo's air and I hid him away where Hanzo couldn't find him, right? Mm-hmm. And then he gives him the uh, whatever, the dagger, shuriken, whatever it is. It says, like, this has got the blood of your ancestor on it. You know, use it and 
you know, you'll feel his power, whatever, whatever. Oh, and it's not until a, this moment that he uses that in the fight with Sub Zero that like Scorpion is able to come back from the Nether Realm and be like, "Oh, Bihan, it's on, motherfucker, let's do this." Mm-hmm. Knowing that, and you know that like that's his descendant. It, it just the idea of like the descendant, you know, his offspring had to be hidden away so that maybe Scorpion didn't come find him sooner, and maybe like in a demon jealous rage thing kill the child and bring it right. to the underrealm with him, whatever like okay i'm just going to keep this lineage going and eventually it's going to get to the point where you know if he's this dagger gets used again and blood jumps on it he'll know to come back he's been searching the idea that he's in the nether realm searching all these years these 400 some odd years and then boom he's back and they're like decked out in the perfect like you know samurai and i'm i'm completely forgetting this one of my favorite things when they meet in that opening when Hanzo says, I don't know what you're saying, but don't mm-hmm. take that as like a weakness because you they clearly tell you one is speaking Chinese, right? One is speaking Japanese. That is that was like I I, I could have ended it there and been like, this is perfect. Like no, you take dude, the I time mean that's to tell me within that the first within the first five minutes, I basically was like, We're in good hands. And essentially I was like, right. they're taking this seriously enough. And when I just it just looked this the tiniest thing of like Hey, so the you know the tip of scorpion spear, so that's mm-hmm. that's actually like his wife's gardening tool. Yeah, was murdered, and you're like, oh, dude, this is already like more thought than anybody put into any character motivation in either of the previous two films. Now, I don't say that to denigrate the original because here's where I'm at. At the end of the day, I still have a ton of nostalgia for the first one. I absolutely love it. I think this is a great start of what could possibly be a beautiful, beautiful franchise. And I want more from them. Give them a little bit more money. I thought overall, the effects, everything pretty, pretty solid. I felt like it dipped here and there. There was a few things that felt maybe a little rushed or like, hey, if they had a little more time, budget, et cetera, could have been a little more polished. But overall, it was fun, man. It was a blast. I look forward to watching it again. Um, just a good time. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, I, we, we, it, we, we talked, I about also like kind was. of, kind of establishing in the same way that the John wick franchise has popularized the idea of like, let's take these guys who have worked on these types of movies forever and like, let them actually have full creative control. Like let the stuntmen actually film the action sequences because mm-hmm. they know how best to capture it. That whole aspect of like, let's go with fighters and performers first and then mm-hmm. tailor a story that works well around their strengths and doesn't like highlight any of their weaknesses. Essentially, mm-hmm. if they can exist in this mode to me, it's immediately while I didn't think the, the actual fights themselves, none of them were like raid or John wick levels of like, Oh my God, how do they do that? Um, they were all compelling in their own kind of like unique ways. And I look forward to them continuing to like up the ante as they move, move on through the, the series. Yeah, because when they teleport Jack's and old boy and like, we're going to get Jack slapping his face off, like the fatality he does. I appreciate right. that. But I also was thinking, bro, you're in the pit. You have to uppercut him. Oh and yeah. He has he's got to gotta go down, down there into the spikes, but it didn't happen. I'm like, all right, that's cool. We can save it for the tournament. That's fine. <laughs> right. It, it's it's a tournament only venue. 
to the point that like with it the aesthetic of everything i thought was great it it was vaguely like okay this is eerily reminiscent of their first movie but also definitely ties into a game somewhere in there not mm-hmm. any specific game but like an amalgamation of them essentially and again we we talked about kano but just the com- the comedy of him like the fact that he's like i fucking hate gnomes and then that's what she uses to stab him in the face uh-huh. when he gets when, when he gets his um fucking laser bait like he just he can't you know and he was like all right no harry potter bullshit when they were like <laughs> go fight as he's as that's happening was like is that the only movie now you know mm-hmm. and just like he just i think whoever i don't know if that actor has been anything else but if he hasn't he should be and if he has been i have to go find it because i thought that was fucking perfect he was definitely the highlight and honestly i know it's she te- i know she technically killed him but i'm like i kind of need resurrected kano like coming back for revenge on sonya blade in the sequel because mm-hmm. it's just like you need that energy now granted well, no, you bring no. in johnny cage and that's no. gonna take care of all Cle- of that but clearly clearly you you realize where she stabbed him right in the eye but he had no goal or no silver plating over oh, the oh of eye course yeah no the, that's right every other oh, game you're, you're so right brother excuse yeah. me but you're gonna of have to he's find somebody back. he has to yeah you're gonna have to find somebody who can match and again that's why i think your reynolds pick works you're gonna have to find somebody that matches that level of funny. Not mm-hmm. trying. It, it it felt effortless. I don't know if those lines were written for him. I don't know if they let him go. If they were like, "Here, man, put this outfit on. Go sit in a corner. This is who Kano is. He's batshit crazy, and this is what's gonna be asking him this movie. Go figure it out for 20 minutes, and then come back and let's let's shoot this. I don't know how they got him to get there, but that shit felt effortless. It did not feel like he had to sit and read a script and learn it. Yeah, as quick as he's hitting it. He stole the show in every in every possible way you should in a movie where there's, you know, a brand new Raiden to talk about, um, who I thought was pretty good. Um, well, and I thought importantly, not overused, like, again, the restraint with a lot of it, too, mm-hmm. where it like it didn't feel like they were shortchanging stuff. It felt like it it clearly has the mind of the way a lot of stuff is conceived now, but of like, oh, we're going to make more of these. So I'm, mm-hmm. I don't need to. I don't need to cram it all in. I don't need all of the lore. I don't need to shout a reference to like every little bit of like, it's not an all or nothing kitchen sink kind of like, oh, they're never going to let us make one of these. So let's overstuff it with stuff Mm -hmm. for the fans. It feels very much like we're confident that like we're putting something out that is going to get a positive enough response, at least from whether, you know, screw the critics in this scenario. But like, as long as there's a huge reaction from the fan base, and it makes some decent money at the box office and it's a good return for like HBO Max, like they're gonna get a sequel. It it will get greenlit. And I think it has a certain amount of confidence that like we don't have to do everything right now. And we've got kind of a brain towards how we want to structure this overall. And so yeah. And I haven't looked into like the creative team or like Mm-mm. who who the writers were, et cetera, how this incarnation of it came about. But it really does, like I was saying earlier, it really does feel like we're kind of in that era where it's like, just give it to people who love it. Like, why do we have to like mm-hmm. overthink, especially video games? Usually some of the most uncomplicated things. We're going to talk about this on our upcoming two by two. But it's like, 
yeah, Mortal Kombat, you have a clear picture of what that movie is in your brain when you're playing that video game. Like, it mm-hmm. doesn't need to be complicated by a bunch of other shit. It helps right. that there are 10 plus games worth of lore and backstory and fan theories and like oh, all when, sorts of stuff when, to build when, off of. But you want to compare that to adapting Super Mario Brothers, for instance. I mean, it's well, no, night like and day, he, you know? When when he explains to her that, like, I was found by Master Bo Raicho and put on the path of the light and all that, I was like, dude, dude when they called out Bo Raicho fucking- in dialogue, I was just like, dude, they're doing it right. They're they so exactly dis- what, they what they're, they're doing. doing. Yes. yes. To the point, I was like, I don't need, like, there's so much, like, you didn't even get into Katana, the like, they, yeah, the friendly, friendly. One. They he showed was Melina all day long, dude. They showed the fan in the background, right? Didn't we get right. a background shot of the of the fan? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yes. Um, I was, I, and then Sonya coming out of nowhere to like kill Melina with the spine shot, and she had the the rings because she took it from Kano and all that. I was yeah. like, this. Everybody got their power up, so to speak. Everybody was good. And Luke Kang, like getting old with, with the, the fire and the the dragon. Dude, I got a bicycle kick from him and I got his like iconic basically animality with the with the dragon, like you know, yes. that yeah, I could not yeah, have asked for yeah. more. I think Kung, with the I think Kung Lao slapping people's heads off. I think Kung Lao takes the cake though with that bisecting, dude. That was that is also the most like mk10 and mk11 sort of fatality mm-hmm. in this honestly where it's just like yeah. yeah this is what they do now in these games by the way uh and you would have never seen anything close to that back in like the 90s incarnation of it, it just like i can't even yeah. imagine them staging something like that no. even though that movie was thought to be like very violent at the time even though it's pg-13 right yep yep mm-hmm. uh yeah, and it, just from a sheer like stunt perspective, we've come a long way. We've come quite yeah. a long way. Indeed. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I huge success in my mind. Uh, I hope they get to make more. Me keep too. everybody if they, who's look, involved. If they like if they can't give them around. movies, they can give them 10, 10 episode seasons. You know, people will eat that shit up. Hell yeah, dude! HBO Max original. Give me a yeah. I again, it it truly is that would be perfect for a season of television. Yeah. Each literally dude, each episode is a bunch of in between stuff and like infighting machinations, uh, alliances being made and broken all the behind the scenes stuff. And then every episode you give me a 15 to 20 minute extended fight scene that culminates with somebody dying every single episode. And then like you, and you, you in, because you you basically set it up that is like when you picked a fight you were picked to fight and if you don't or like if someone else interferes you know you're done like oh, you get dude, you get taken you, out like you set the rules if pretty- you do if you do that in the right way you essentially have an entire season of television that consists of mountain versus the viper fights where right. every single episode people are just like i don't want this to happen like how when it's bit like 
to bring in Game of Thrones, but like when it was building towards, dude, Tyrion's gonna have to like fucking fight and like there's no champion, what's gonna happen? Like, and then to build up to the actual fight and look the anticipation of that and then the reversal of it, like you could have that feeling going on in people like week to week if you did it the right way. Um, right. I think great candidate, absolutely, for a brutally violent HBO Max exclusive. Uh, preferably either with this creative team or some of the Gangs of London people or some of the people who work on Warrior right now and used to work on Banshee, like any of those mm-hmm. people in that action TV space. Let's get them together. But uh, I know I think because, this I think this franchise belongs I, on the big screen and I think it's going to stay there for a bit. I, I think we're going to get a couple of these. I hope so. But if you do take it to TV, if you keep it just like you said, but because it's Mortal Kombat and you've built up this idea that they have these powers, when they're inside the fighting arena, it literally has to be person against person. No Harry Potter bullshit. No, mm-hmm. no, you know, fireballs, no rings, no rings of sonic rings or whatever. Just like two people fighting it out as best they can. So then it becomes like, hey, can you really beat Goro? Can you really take on Sub-Zero, a ninja, or, you know, um, Hanzo, uh, whatever? Mm -hmm. Because you're allowed to use weapons, but you can't use magic. Because essentially that's the difference, you know? But, yeah, I agree. I I hope we get at least least two more big ones on screen. Because, I mean, I saw James Wan's name in the credits, and I know know that that man has been trying to make this happen for at least 15 years. I mean... Oh, for sure, yeah. I think the YouTube show that they created that it became, I think that was just too much trying to ground it in too much realism and make it too gritty that people push back against it. We're like, okay, yeah, but this is like. But Mortal Kombat's this, fun. That's what Mortal it, Kombat's, like. Yeah. The reason it it's allowed to be, the reason it's allowed to be this gleefully violent is because it still maintains a certain amount of like wry sense of humor and like fun and just subversion about it. That's what was like transgressive about it back in the day was, mm-hmm. and people got so worked up about the violence and everything, but it's like, at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of computer nerds who were like, Hey dude, wouldn't it be crazy if like we could make his head come off of his body? It's just mm-hmm. a lot like, it doesn't come from some like sick sadistic place that they want to make you think it does or whatever. It's, it's transgressive. It's just, it's cartoons. It's like, how far can we take this? It's whatever. And yeah. If you get really mad about it, that you can spirit, turn the blood off. That's what exactly. They've always had that as an option for like, since the second one forward. But I'm like, I, I think the movie somehow matched the tone of, and I'm playing through 11 right now, which is a very, like the story itself is like pretty crazy and like deep and like heavy handed, mm-hmm. but yeah. it still has all of these crazy, like wild characters who I weirdly have like games worth of relationships built up with and different feelings about and shit. That's like, I, yeah. And we, we never like flat out said this, but I think that at the end of the day, that is like the main victory of this movie is they made something that I felt like did not cater at all to people who were not interested in it it was like we're just this is for the fans this is the people who get it to the point where it's like there's there's references and certain bits in here that i'm like i don't even know if those register with somebody who like you know hasn't been following the franchise for the last like two decades but 
it's never to the movie's detriment. I don't feel like it's just like, this is something that was designed for the fans. And it actually, I think is going to pay off as such. So yeah. Um, any other thoughts, brother? Um, no, I mean, I, I, I agree. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I, they were like, well, the next one's coming in six months, just like the matrix. I'd be pretty, pretty happy with it. Yeah. But nonetheless, I, I hope it gets a good response. I will hopefully be able to talk to other people about it soon, maybe to add on to this. I know we went pretty in-depth, but if any, if I run into anybody, mainly Perk, that watches it. I would I love to hear Perk's thoughts, of course. Uh, yes. yes. Um, all right. Well, I look forward to that. I will tell you before we sign off here, I don't know what your plans are for this evening. Do you need something to watch? Sure. What if do you, you got? If you go on Amazon Prime uh-huh. right now, mm-hmm. we should have it for the next like 24 hours. Mm-hmm. It's, it's called The Empty Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I watched the trailer last night. I didn't know. I yeah, didn't know if you'd watch it. No, no, I didn't know how long oh. you had it for. I didn't want to watch it. It leave the ready to watch list thing and you come back and be like, what the hell? So you've watched it. Yes, I watched it last night. All right, cool. All right, so I'll, I will check it out today then. Yes. I mean, check the counter on it because I think it was for 48 hours, but uh, okay. yes, check it out. I would love to talk with you about it in the future. You okay. said you watched the trailer, so I won't bother saying anything about it. Um, we, bo- we both have finished Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I will be talking uh, to the Brothers Blanchard about that on Thursday. You're again, Mm -hmm. welcome to join us if you are free. I think we're doing that around nine o'clock. And then of course we'll be recording our Rocky and Karate Kid two by two for next month. And then we'll be, we've got some anniversary stuff coming up as well. So exciting things. Friday. Yes, it does. We going to do one for this month or no? Yeah, we we're doing our, the aforementioned Super Mario Brothers and Michael Clayton. Okay. Yeah. And when are we going to do that? As soon as you're ready to record it. We had to do this because we had to push Mortal Kombat, which we were supposed to do a few days ago. And then we incorporated the Oscars into it. So now we got to do our two by two before the month is over. So Wednesday? I guess that night. I guess that would be the night. Not tonight. It's almost damn one o'clock. No, no. Tuesday night. Not Monday night. Tuesday. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I guess we could do tonight. Okay. Theoretically, it's my first day back to work at the new place. So, what about Wednesday? What do you got Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday, I'm like a half day, so that might work a little bit better. We'd still have let's it up Wednesday. before the end of the month. Yeah, let's do Wednesday because I I'm not I'm not gonna be able to talk propped up on my shoulders like this, laying across my bed. I definitely need to make okay. a trip. Down yeah, there. you need to. You just need to work on your home setup, dude. Like this is we all can't have super chill and and extra extra tables and desks and chairs and stuff like that. Okay. All right. We'll figure <laughs> this out off mic. Uh anyways, watch the empty man while we have it on yes. Prime. Uh okay. I don't know if you've started Mayor of Easttown on HBO. No, uh, I wanted to let that sync up a little bit. Fair enough. I'm about to go watch episode two right now after I sign off with you. Uh, This was fun, brother. Thank you for joining me over Zoom. Uh, Until next time, we've been the Blanchard. Excuse me. I've been Noah. And I, yeah, and I've been Johnny Cage. (laughs) I've been Kung Lao of the uh, 
Let's the, pull the order of light. We know the order of light. Excuse me, is <laughs> right on the tip of my tongue. Yes, the tip of my tongue. Um, hashtag bring back Christopher Lambert. I love this Raiden, but I'm just like, can we like can we get a Lambert cameo? I'm just curious. Maybe he could be. Maybe he could be a thunder god or uh, an elder god. That that would be nice, and you get Remar up there as well. Yeah. Show some no, respect re- to Annihilation. Re- Brian Remar-ish. Thompson. Brian Thompson is also up there, just to be clear. <laughs> Remar, Remar is Shinnok all day long. Dude, I, how about this? I didn't realize that Shao Kahn's dad in Annihilation is Shinnok. Mm-hmm. Like he's credited as Shinnok, but I would have yeah. never known because they definitely do not like there's no, maybe one don't. line of dialogue. And of course, he looks nothing like the Shinnok of the games that we know. Right. But, uh, yeah. Wild stuff. So skip Annihilation. Pretend like this is a two movie franchise and we're in a pretty good right. spot, guys. That's all we have to say. That works. Uh, so, yes. Uh, huge endorsement on that. The Oscars. It was what it was. But we at well, least we got Mortal Kombat this weekend. You know, that's the thing. Yep. Uh, yep. And do we already did we sign off until next time? Th- I've yeah. been Noah. I've been Gavin. And we've been the Blanchard Brothers. And you've been listening to what we've been watching. You gotta say test your might again. Test your might. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. You just wanna play some cranberries right now? Is that or not cranberries? (laughs) What am I thinking? Excuse me. What are we why are we playing cranberries? Dude, I was way off. No, sorry. You're you're thinking of Halcyon? Halcyon on and on by uh Well, that's what plays at the end of Mortal Kombat and the end of Hack. Excuse me. Yes. The most 90s song ever. Uh, yes. Pretty much. That's Orbital, right? Yes. Fucking Orbital. Hell yeah. You know what you should play right now? You should play Woozy by Faithless. Or Faithless I don't know what by that me. has to do with Mortal Kombat, but. It's just, it's I, I haven't heard it in forever and I can't find it anywhere. It's not on Apple Music. Dude, do what I did. It's Chris Conrad. Chris Conrad played Johnny Cage. Do what I did. For Woozy, uh-huh. seriously, you go on YouTube. Uh-huh. I don't know if I should put this information public. You go on YouTube, uh-huh. copy the URL, uh-huh. over to Google, and Google YouTube to MP3, and then put that YouTube address into the generator, and you have an MP3 file of Woozy ready to okay. upload onto your phone to use whenever the mood strikes you. There's also a good high quality version of it available on YouTube that I pull up quite often. Why that okay. mo- why that song is not streaming, I don't understand. Was that like exclusive to the beach soundtrack or something? It, it, it was. It's not on any of their greatest hits. It's not on any disc ever And it's out. not like there's parts of the beach soundtrack available publicly, but that's not one of them. I'm sure it's some Spinny, weird licensing thing. 
spinning away is like randomly available. Like sometimes I'll pass over it on Apple Music and it will play. And then like a couple months later, I'll pass by it and it'll skip over because I have it downloaded, but it's not like available. Gotcha. So it won't it'll just skip over like it's not even there. All right. I think we ended the episode somewhere in there. So somewhere. All right. I'm going to sign off. I love you, brother. Uh, we'll figure out what's up. I just I I forgot that the old Jax was actually like an American gladiator and these arms on him from Annihilation just look ridiculous. Oh yeah, and the whole that's the whole reverse is like him learning to like he, you don't need him and it's like this this movie it's like oh you definitely need him, bro. You definitely yeah. need sub zero uh froze and removed your arms. By the way, before we go, I just want to give a big shout out to my man my main man sub zero for respecting the mask ordinance of 2021. Yes. And I want to give a big thumbs down to Mr. Hanzo Hasashi himself. Dude, no social distancing. You can't be come over here to everybody. All right. <laughs> you just, you got to chill, dude. You got to chill with the come over here's. All right. It's, it's get over it. Get over here. I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> sorry to offend you. Clearly. Literally, you're, you're talking to a Sub-Zero fan. I am Sub-Zero. Um, he doesn't even say anything. Like, that's the whole bit. Like, Hanzo, or Bihan doesn't, like, he just freezes things. There's no there's no showmanship to it. Yeah. And if you want to get technical, so, dude, I was on your side. I was Cyrax, Link Kuei, all day long. Cyrax was my dude. Because I could do all the combos with him. That back, was back your B, guy. And that yeah. net. And, like, boom, you trap him in the net, and then you just... I'm by the shit out of them. Yeah. Go go to town. So yeah. Dude, I kick so much ass with Kung Lao in the new one. I've got like his his like teleport kick down where I can like teleport at you on the left side. And then when you're standing up, I'm already coming in on the right. And I could just bounce you back and forth between the screen like all day Get long. Jesus. Oh, God, dude. So satisfying. All right. Are we done here? We're done. All right.